Sky Sports Radio, combined with Harness Racing New South Wales, brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace. Uh, two days after the Miracle Mile was run at Menangle, it's Michael Guerin joining you to talk all things Miracle Mile night. And a little bit later on, we'll talk to Cameron Hart and try and find you a winner for Canberra, one of two meetings in the local-ish area, New South Wales ATC, over the next 12 hours or so. It was a real pleasure to be trackside at Menangle, catch up with some old friends, some new friends, and see some very special moments. Obviously, catch catch a wave, the most special, winning the Miracle Mile for Andy and Kate Gath, but rivaling that was better be the best for Nathan Turnbull and his family on track winning the Slingsby Holdings New South Wales Derby. Nathan joins us this morning. Nathan, has it sunk in? Do you feel like a New South Wales Derby winning trainer? Uh, no, you still have to pinch yourself, Mick, that's for sure. But um, yeah, we're back into it today. But yeah, when a couple work bad, you just have your earphones in and a song comes on and it takes you back to Saturday night and you get that tingle all over again. It was an amazing night. So, mate, you train and drive. Better be the best. Let's talk about the race before we talk about the emotion because some beautiful scenes on track. You came out of the gate. You looked like you wanted the lead, but they weren't just going to hand it to you. Catalpa Rescue inside you started kicking up. In the early stages of a 2,400-metre race, Nathan, that must have been quite nerve-wracking because it probably wasn't what you wanted to see. No, that's right. I went into the race with an open mind, sort of, joining the middle of the line there, and um, I sort of decided to push the button. And, um, yeah, as it was, everything was sort of working out pretty sweet. uh, Grant's horse was in front, and I thought he'd hand up that sort of led the week before, and didn't sort of find the line, so I thought he'd be keen to sit on my fella. And then, uh, yeah, in the middle of us, Abby's horse started kicking a wheel and bowled on her. And it um, put a spanner in the works there for a while, but uh, it all worked out in the end, and we were able to get over to the front and then grab a lungful of air there in the first quarter and sort of build the momentum from there, and we are lucky enough to hold on. That middle half, or 800 metres and over 60 seconds, that really helped, but you still had maybe New South Wales' best driver, Cameron Hart, sitting nice and close with a lapful of horse on Naturally Gifted. Nathan, I thought at the 200, he got close to hitting you. It's hard for us to tell in the studio or watching on television. Did Naturally Gifted actually get in front of Better Be The Best? Yeah, if he didn't get in front uh, front of us, he definitely got dead level with us. But uh, Cameron and I both sort of said he... He had his chance and loomed right up to us and it's like my fella just dug extra deep for me and just sort of said tonight's the night for him. So it was, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't know whether he sort of died on his run a little bit or my fella just found it that extra little bit. But, um, yeah, we were able to kick back through and hold him off. He's been a very special horse for you guys. He's had... 13 starts, 9 wins, 2 seconds. Now, the two unplaced runs were right back at the start of his career, this time last year, racing at Bathurst, and of course he raced in the Crown Final, which, if you live and work in Bathurst, you've sort of got to go to, whether they're ready or not. Where do you think 
this horse can take you and the family? Because, of course, there's nine months to go, Nathan, of his three-year-old season. Yeah, that's right. It, um, as you touched on, it's been an amazing journey already. But um, as for the future, yeah, we just got to, you know, keep him wrapped in cotton wool and um, pick off what we can. He's obviously got the three-year-old leg of the Gold Crown Carnival coming around at the end of this month, so there's no rest for him, really. He'll have a couple of days in the water walker and then, yeah, pretty much straight back into heavy training. And um, and then we're... Yeah, going to look to probably give him a good long spell after that. Um, I've had a couple inquiries now about the Eureka, but um, we just think it's a year early to be taking on them big boys like Catch Away as we won the big race so impressively and Captain Ravishing, and then you've got to add like Leap to Fame into it. So we just sort of thought we'll, you know, miss it this year and um, obviously next year it's obviously something you would really target along with the Chariots of Fire. So, Nathan, you race at Bathurst on the home track in the, the three-year-old race. So then you give them a decent break, and then you come back at the back end of the season for Breeders' Challenge-type races, which ran second in last year. And do you consider things like Victoria derbies? Yeah, that's sort of where we're at. We're sort of definitely sort of keen to give him a really good long spell. He didn't have as long off over Christmas as we probably would have liked. Um, and then... We're sort of thinking of bypassing Brisbane and bringing him back towards the end of the year. And definitely the Breeders' Challenge will be the main aim. And then, obviously, like you said, throw into the mix Victoria Derby. If, um, you know, we're up and going and think it's worthwhile, we'll um, definitely look at taking him down there. Nathan, it's a big name to carry around Turnbull, particularly in New South Wales harness racing. A lot of people talking about your granddad, AD, about your dad, Steve Turnbull. Obviously, you know, so many great horses between them. But on Saturday night on the track at Menangle, we saw the new generation of Turnbulls, not just you, but your family. And a wonderful scene when you got out from behind your horse and you opened your arms and your son ran into your arms and you had a hug. What's his name? What does he do around the stables? And what did that moment when your wife and your daughter joined you, what did it feel like? Uh, even just talking about it then gives me tingles, you know. Um, yeah, Jet left school and um, we do the team together at the moment. So, yeah, it meant so much to him as well. And he's done all his trial drives now and he's just waiting to the day he turns 16 so he can get out there and rip into he, he lives and breathes it. And... Um, yeah, like I was in the retention barn from Thursday and he stayed home and worked the other 25, him and his little mate, Jai. Howard Carney was here with him and, um, yeah, they uh, looked after all the team at home, which took a lot of the pressure off because I knew they'd be, you know, they'd do a great job. And, um, yeah, and then we were joined by Carly and Lacey and um, just the four of us, yeah, well, I think we were all just standing in a group just crying together really because... Yeah, it's as much as the excitement, it's the relief and all the emotions that just uh, got the better of all of us there for a little bit. Nathan, clearly you're a skilled horseman and, and Jet's going to become one of those in time as well. What's been the change for you in the last, what feels like two years or 18 months? Because you seem to have better horses around you. You seem to have a better strike rate at the moment. Is that yearling buying power or are you doing something differently? Because at the moment, it's a pretty cool time to be Nathan Turnbull. 
Yeah, definitely. We're having an amazing run. I think just, um, yeah, without being disrespectful for the horses I had in the past, but I've just got a really great team at the moment. Um, some great owners have come on board and aren't afraid to, you know, buy some Kiwis and stuff like that. So we've just got a really great team of horses and Jet really taking it on and we're working the horses together more so than when I was sort of doing it myself, you know, two years back. But, um, yeah, just little things like that. And with him leaving school, we're able to take on a few more horses, which obviously always helps so the, the number-wise. But um, definitely the quality of horses, like I said, has definitely took us to a new level. You also had another horse who raced in the derby, Heats on Deadline, who's a horse I know quite a bit about. He seemed to hang and he seems quite new. Um, is he a horse who you might consider taking to Queensland or he might race on at different times? Because he seems to be, well, not as good as better to be the best, a pretty good horse. He's had seven starts in Australia for six wins. Yeah, um, that's definitely our plan. The, the guy who owns him um, actually lives in Brisbane, so that was always sort of something we had in the back of our mind to take him up there so, you know, we, he could watch him and stuff and... Um, as much as it was disappointing, he couldn't get through. It just the race really didn't suit. We drew awkward and went back, and then they were really going steady. So I took off, and no sooner did I do that, then they sort of went 27, 26, and then 27 home. And then it just was, you know, they just went flat out from the time I took off. So as much as it was a pain that it had to be in a derby heat that the race didn't suit, it just really didn't and uh, put a spanner in the works. But um, he's pulled up fine and he'll go into a race, the young derby out there, the Central West on Friday night and um, look for another race sort of this month, some stage, and then look to give him an easy couple of weeks and then, yeah, really own him up at Brisbane and hopefully he can get him up there and see if we can't have a bit more luck up there. Nathan, you mentioned the gold crown. It's obviously Bathurst's big carnival of the year. Do you have a two-year-old for the gold crown, filly or boy, for the carnival coming up? We can put in our race tracker to keep an eye on. No, unfortunately, I don't. Um, I've only got sort of my good seller in it, which isn't a bad one to have in it. But, um, yeah, he'll be in the three-year-old leg. And, um, yeah, I, I guess I'll be cheering on Dad's horse uh, you know, Mr. 4000, he, he won well the other night and he's in it. So, yeah, I'll be cheering on Dad's horse in the two-yard leg this year. Mate, a lot of people absolutely stoked um, for you and for the family and those wonderful scenes on track. And now uh, one day when he gets his licence, we might get Jet on here. He can be the next level of Turnboy talk to on the radio. I think I've spoke to about six or eight of the family. So let's add in another one at some stage. Nathan, um, congratulations and, yeah, Wonderful scenes. We look forward to seeing more how the wonderful stable and this beautiful horse better be the best develop over the next couple of years. Uh, thanks a lot, Mick. And I'd just like to thank everyone that um, reached out before the race and wished us luck. And after, my phone was running hot all day yesterday. And um, we appreciate each and every one of you saying congratulations. And um, yeah, it's an amazing ride. Thank you. Good on you, mate. That's Nathan Turnbull, trainer, driver of Better Be The Best, winner of the New South Wales Derby, and he had to be the best horse in the race. He was, and a horse to take Nathan and Jet and the rest of the family to a new level. So we'll look out for that name, Jet Turnbull, the next cab off the rank in the Turnbull dynasty. That was the derby out of Menangle. We also had 
Of course, the Miracle Mile, we have the Lighthouse Free For All, who was won by Bondi Lockdown, who we mentioned on the show this time last week, could have easily been in the Miracle Mile, and he might have beaten a few home. But Luke McCarthy wasn't going to sulk about that. He's a big boy, as is Belinda McCarthy, his wife and, and trainer. Luke, I thought Bondi Lockdown was really good, and it is a consolation, but it wasn't a bad consolation as we say good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, mate. What did you make of Bondi Lockdown, mate? Because you used him off the gate, and I thought he was going to win easily at the top of the straight, but he looked like a horse who didn't quite know how to poke through that inside gap. Yeah, that's right, Mickey. He got out of the gate good, out a bit wider. I think when you watch the replay, it's a 2,400-metre start. It does advantage and horses is drawn about, you know, five, six, seven. And um, he sort of got the swing shot out of the gate, got out good. And um, I was happy enough to hold, but I, when BDJ comes strong straight away, I figured they could cast no shadow in the race as well. Um, you knew there was always going to be a bit of pressure on, so I was happy to follow a good horse. And, yeah, when he went to go up the inside, he, he clearly didn't know what to do. Um, I jokingly said to Dunny, you know, he didn't know what to do because he's never been in that spot before and he just laughed and said, well, that's right because he's normally outside and doing all the work or in front. So, you know, it's just great to see him really developing into a good racehorse now where you can, you know, you can drive him forward, you can take a sit and um, so hopefully that's going to be a good advantage moving forward to a lot of the good races. He's clearly a very good horse, and he has options. There are two $1 million slot races on the same night. Don't get me started on that, punters. But they're on April 14th, Luke, and there'll be people wanting your horse to go to Cambridge in New Zealand or Perth in WA for the million-dollar races. What are the chances he will go to either? Oh, look, that's right, Mick. We've been approached by a fair few camps to sort of get him to go to either race. Uh, we just really wanted to get through this carnival and, you know, make sure he was going good and let him do the talking, you know, and put a few runs together, um, which he has done now. So, look, we just thought we'd get through the weekend. Obviously, a busy day yesterday with the yielding sales and just let the dust settle over the next sort of next week and see how he's come through it and we'll make a decision then. So, look, it's not off the cards. Um but we just want to get through last week first. Okay, if he doesn't head there, what do you do? Uh, Brisbane, Nick. Like, the races up there are so good now. They've, they've gone to 200 and 400. Um, you know, he could have a bit of a let-up now and then be like, really set for that winter carnival. You won the last three Miracle Miles heading into Saturday night. You only finished second this time and, of course, sixth with Spirit of St. Louis and expensive ego. But I thought he was very good, St. Louis, and he's, he's done a really good job. He's one of those horses who's won an enormous amount of money. He's, he's not a hero pacer. He's not a champion. But, gee, Luke, you'd love to own one like him. Oh, what a great little horse, Mick. He's just far exceeded our expectations of him since he came and... You know, he just keeps getting the job done in good races. So, you know, just a pleasure to have around. And, you know, hopefully over the next two, three, four years, he'll just continue to go in all good races and he'll just be a great money spinner. The winner, Catch a Wave, who, who finished quite a way in front of you because you were driving expensive ego, you know a good horse. Um, and, and there's obviously a lot of good four-year-olds in this crop. But 
What do you make of him? Because to my eye, Luke, he looks like a horse who's happy, who's in the zone, who's pain-free. And I think when those good four-year-olds get like that, they can do some pretty amazing things. Yeah, congratulations to Indian Kate and what a great horse. I, um, I'll i be honest, after I seen him in the heat of the chariots and you know, moving forward towards Miracle Mile, sceptical whether the four-year-old's could beat this good old season horses, particularly Honolulu Bay. Um, but, you know, full credit to the winner. He, he came out and was amazing in the chariots and was even, you know, equally as good as his chariots under even better in the Miracle Mile. And, you know, he looks like him and Leap to Fame, you know, and if we see Captain Irishing bounce back to his best as, you know, the next group of absolute superstars for the sport. Right, Luke, you've got a lot of open-class-type horses around you. Obviously, Expensive Ego had no chance in the Miracle Mile from his barrier, but he was still very brave. What does Expensive Ego do? And the Mark Shard-type horses, do they kick around Menangle? Do you have any plans for any of them to go anywhere else? Are there any changes um, in what's a very big open-class flotilla at the McCarthy Barn? Not really, Mick. You know, like Max Shard now in Orlando and you know, sort of them good old horses. They're getting a bit old, but um, they just keep fronting up, making money. So well over their sound and continue to race well. The connection's just happy for them to watch them go around, you know, every most Saturday nights at Menangle. So they're just good money spinners and they'll just keep ticking over. Ego can have... We're just not sure what to do with him, but look, he will end up in America, Um you know, we just think the mile racing at the Meadowlands is just going to be right up his alley. So that's definitely a plan for him moving forward, whether it's straight away or a few months' time, six months' time. But he's definitely going to head to the States. All right, Luke, you mentioned the sales yesterday. Did you and Belinda head along and put the hand up and, and bong anything? Uh, yeah, well, we, we had, we'll end up with about half a dozen out of the sale, Mick, you know, with, just with clients and all that sort of thing. So, now we're happy with the ones we ended up with. Um, I thought Don Martello bought the best colt of the sale. Obviously, had to pay for it, the 200 colt. He was outstanding. So, you know, the good ones sold big as usual and probably was a tough, very tough market for the the middle range, lower range ones for the breeders. Um, you know, there's probably a few things we need to look at in the industry to, to fix that. But, yeah, we, we were happy with the draft we got. Are you heading to Bathurst, mate? Are the, the crowns just around the corner? Do you have something worth lining up in either the two or three-year-old races up there? Yeah, we've got a two-year-old, one two-year-old colt and a couple three-year-old pacing colts. So, you know, they're not likely to win, but they're eligible and I'm sure they'll go there and, and make some money. Mate, we appreciate your time, Luke. Um, you gave us plenty of time in the build-up last week. It's, uh, it's not a bad performance to have two Miracle Mile Quinellas, three wins, and a second in the last four years. Um, mate, we'll try and leave you alone for a couple of weeks. We can't promise because it may not happen, but we'll try to here on Sky Sport Radio's On The Pace on Monday morning. Mate, thanks for your time, and thank you to Belinda for her assistance as well. Thanks, Mick, and just a shout-out to me, mate, Nathan. I was so proud of him for in that derby. That was awesome for him and Carly and Jet. That was really good and lacy. Yeah, thank you, mate. It was a wonderful family scene, as we see from the McCarthys all the time as well. Very family-oriented sport. That's Luke McCarthy, champion, trainer and driver. Tra- trainer with Belinda, of course. She's the boss. And they've got Bondi lockdown. Interesting to see where they're heading forward. He is invited to 
those slot races. So if you're not au fait with the whole slot racing thing, obviously you know what slot racing is. The Everest is the biggest of them. Harness Racing has $2 million slot races coming up. They have the Eureka, which is for the three- and four-year-olds, Australian breeds. Now, that's not till September. So let's go through the timeline so you know how things are going to work. The Eureka is probably going to have Captain Ravishing, Leap to Fame, and Catch a Wave, and then horses who are brave enough to take them on. That's early September. That's $2.1 million. There's a million-dollar race at Cambridge, that's New Zealand, on April the 14th, and there's one the same night in Perth. Again, don't start me how we possibly ended up in that situation. Spirit of St. Louis, who ran second uh, in the Miracle Mile, is heading to Perth. The winner, Catch a Wave, will not go to either, and now the games start for slot holders trying to find horses to go to one of those races. A young man who was in the Miracle Mile and knows all about the slot racing because he ran second in the race by Grins at Cambridge last year is Cam Hart. And Cam, you had one of those nights at the office. You had a couple of wins. That's typical for Cameron Hart at Menangle. But in the absolute biggest races, I thought you were home in the Derby. And, well, Nathan Turnbull's horse had other ideas. Yeah, morning, Mick. Yeah, it was a, a good night, but... I did think I had the derby went one halfway down the straight and uh, I think I might have hit the front there for a little bit but you know full credit to Nathan's horse he, he did all the the work in the run and, and was able to fight me off and, and get the win. Let's talk about your Miracle Mile drive because I don't think anybody thought Brave You Kelly was going to win the Miracle Mile but she's finished fifth she's beaten home expensive ego Captain Ravishing and Mark Dan it's a hell of a performance really for a mare. Yeah, definitely. I was super happy with her effort, and you know it's not easy sitting one off the fence the whole way, going forty-eight eight. So we had a nice little toe into the race on Honolulu Bay's back, but um, yeah, I was super happy the way she got down the straight. You know, um, probably wasn't enough speed through the middle stages with him still getting home in twenty-six two the last quarter. It made it pretty hard for us. You had a couple of wins on the night for your good friend Jason Grimson. One of them better zip it. He's a funny type of a horse because he's arrived over here. His reputation's got really big really quickly. And even though he's a five-year-old Cam, I think he's still got a bit to learn. Yeah, he's still doing a little bit wrong in his races. Um, you know, he's shying and, and having a good look around. Um, there was obviously a lot going on at Menangle on Saturday. and Yeah, he's still quite inexperienced. He's only had 30 or 40 starts. So, um, you know, he's still got a little bit to learn, but he's got plenty of ability. Your other winning drive, Zicario, has nothing left to learn. He's been racing forever, and he's doing a super job. It was start, yep, cop this punters, 114 the other night. And I tell you what, Cam, the way he won, I reckon there's a nice free-for-all in him somewhere. Yeah, definitely. He's in a really good spot at the moment. He's, um, you know, he, he looks a pitcher, and he's racing that way. He's, he was unlucky not to win the week before, and um, you know, we we're lucky to, enough to have a good run on Saturday, and you know, he pretty well played with him up the straight. He moved really well and, and did it quite comfortably. So, you know, he's in a good spot, and I'm sure now he's in that sort of form, he'll hold it for quite a while. We've been talking about the slot races. Um, you obviously work closely with Jason, and I, I presume no decisions have been made yet, but do you see yourself ending up in either New Zealand or WA with a drive in one of those two races? Yeah, I think so, Mick. You know, um we had a really good time in New Zealand last year and um, had a bit of joy. So, 
uh, whether we yet go to the Perth or New Zealand, I'm sure, um, you know, Jace likes to travel around and, and try and compete in all these big races. So I'm sure he's got something in the works that I haven't heard, you know, anything's been confirmed, but um, for sure they'll be looking to, to get some horses in those races. Who'd be the most likely horse? I, I presume it might be I cast no shadow or is Majestic Cruiser a chance to be up and running again for one of those races? Yeah, Majestic Cruiser's um, having a bit of a break and he's going to get ready for the winter, so he won't be there. But, um, you know, I think better as if it's a horse that could potentially step up and, and maybe have a crack at one of those races. After the big weekend and, and after all the energy that goes into that, you're heading to Canberra tonight. Now, there's still horses who are going to win races and you know, there's still money to be made, but what sort of attitude do you take going to Canberra tonight? Is it a case of exhaling and you come down a bit and you're going through the process? Or once you're there and you roll onto the track for the first on the card at 6.12, do the competitive juices still kick in? Is it still exciting on a Monday after a super big Saturday? Yeah, it definitely is, and you know you got to go there, putting in the preparation like I would any other meeting, and I've got connections to drive for that are you know paying up money for these horses, so I've got to be on my A game and make sure I'm uh, well prepared to try and put them in the best spots and get good results for them. So um, yeah, definitely probably a little come down from the Miracle Mile, but at the same time that's just part of the job. You can't be driving in million dollar races every day of the week, so um, yeah, look forward to getting down there tonight. Okay, what's your best chance for our listeners of driving a winner? We're not going to go drive by drive. We just need one for the night because if people are having a punt tonight, this might be the only horse they back. What should it be? Yeah, I think critical advantage um, in the trot race. Had a really good um, you know, run with Grant Forrest, uh, trained horses at Canberra in the trot races, so I think it'll be very hard to beat. What about Menangle tomorrow afternoon? I presume you're heading there. Have you had a chance to do any form? Uh, yeah, I've had a little look through. I um, quite like Paris Kay. She's a nice uh, trotting mare and she's in race three, so I think she'll be a good good hope in that race. Mate, hope you had a good time on Saturday night. You won two races, which a couple of years ago in your life would have seemed a big deal. These days it's very normal. There was a nice profile on you on Sky Sport and you're now at 800 plus winners. So, mate, we always appreciate your time and we look forward to seeing you at one, one of the slot races. You can't drive in them both. Not even you can pull that off uh, on April the 14th. Yeah, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Cameron Hart, his best of the night at Canberra tonight, race seven, number six, critical advantage. Also racing at Newcastle. That's the day meeting. First on the card there goes just after two o'clock seven minutes past two well done to bruce christensen to everybody involved david wanson great to have him on track at Menangle on saturday night it was high quality racing the track raced well we had some wonderful emotional results and it set us up beautifully for what lies ahead the tab eureka for 2.1 million dollars coming up in september because catch a wave the new miracle mile champion will be there. It's been fun, Miracle Mile Week, bringing you all the stories. Our congratulations and thanks to Nathan Turnbull, to uh, Luke McCarthy, who also got a $100,000 race on Saturday, and of course Cameron Hart with his two wins and his thoughts on Canberra tonight. We appreciate their time. Next on the pace is on Wednesday morning. We'll give you a day off from us tomorrow. Wednesday morning, Brittany Graham, who did such a super job on track on Saturday night, 
will be with you on Wednesday from 10.30am.